Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Elite, your only Elite Ice Hockey League podcast. So, they did it. Belfast Giants can call themselves Grand Slammers after capturing the playoff title that has eluded them for the last 13 years. The league title, the Challenge Cup and now the playoff crown are in Northern Ireland as the party continues into the new week. It's a new week for us as well as we begin, as we always do, with the Monday Review. In this one-off travel-disrupted Tuesday edition of the Monday Review, Nottingham Panthers and Ice Hockey UK media man Chris Ellis joins us to look back on a great weekend at the Motor Point Arena as Giants finally overcame Cardiff Devils at the third attempt in a playoff final and we said some tearful goodbyes too. Welcome to the Monday Review on Elite. Chris, great to have you with me for this. So, between us, we've seen and been involved in many playoff finals weekends. How did you rate this one then? Well, I mean, look, the best team in the in the league, I was going to say yeah, by a country mile, but by a long shot, the best team won it, didn't they? Belfast were exceptional. You know, it's a shame it, it wasn't a sellout, but, you know, I, I think that will come again in time. You know, the league, except they made a mistake last year, and I think they're still paying for it, but that they know they made a mistake last year. Uh, and 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 I think you know in time that will rectify itself. You know Nottingham, you know people might say I'm biased by saying this because you know I'm I'm from the area, but it is the best venue to hold it in. I think it's fabulous that it's going to be there for another six years. It's an exceptional venue. The people that run the Motor Point Arena are top class people who are at the top of their profession. They they know how to put on the show. The people that run Elite League weekend, Craig, you know, you know, like myself more than most, how mm. much work goes into that weekend. It, it's a fabulous weekend, you know. And I love seeing you on Facebook saying that that you know you you know you went as a fan for the first time to experience because how many times have you been involved working? Um, and I think that's kind of the thing, isn't it? Whether you're working it or whether you're going as a fan. It's a fabulous weekend, and and I say I didn't feel that the the weekend had lost anything, even though there wasn't as many people who had been in its heyday. You know, it was it was all about you know different team supporters. You know, those four teams having the hope on the first day that they might be in the grand final. That's whittled down to two for the for the final day, and it, it's just a great weekend. And they were two great games, sadly for the Panthers. You know, they came up short. They gave it a good go. We got a dramatic come from behind overtime victory for the Devils over the Steelers. 
bit of fun for the third, fourth place game, and, and then Belfast and Cardiff matched each other until Belfast pulled away. So it was a it was a great weekend and great to see everyone. So it is only right that we begin with Belfast, of course. They've finally done it, a grand slam at last. They've had a couple of near misses in recent years, either side of the, the COVID pandemic. And I think it's fair to say we've we've witnessed a special team this year, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, I relate it to the Panthers team that, that won Grand Slam slash treble in 2013. It didn't have any weaknesses. It really didn't. And And this Belfast team doesn't have a weakness and, and and it's led from the top. I mean, it's led by a truly exceptional coach in, in Adam Keefe, who, you know, everything he epitomised as a player, he brings to, as a coach. I, I love the fact, his, his passion, I was laughing at him on, on Sunday, the, the, you know, the anger he got just over a, a slow Cardiff line change, I think for icing it was. He was furious, absolutely furious that, that this line change on an icing was taking forever. Uh, but that's what's so great about him. I, I mean, I've 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 seen him operate not in hugely co- close courses. In, you know, in, I've seen him work in a GB dressing room, not a Belfast one. But you know, he he is just a man that sets the examples that that other will follow. And and just just look at it from from Beskawani, you know, brought back the best goalie. I think it was was someone one of the coaches can't remember who it was said to me, you know, you you've kind of got. All the other goalies, or most of the other goalies in the league, and then Beskawan is just a, a a class apart. And when you've got someone like Scott Conway, who's had an exceptional season, you know, top class team, they deserve to walk away with most of the honours in the All Star voting and the Player of the Season, and they deserve to win everything. That's my my look at Belfast. I think that every line works so well together. That the guys that are in each of these lines, that they're just that they're just clicking in the right way every single time I, I see them, and it, it feels like it becomes second nature at times when you watch them. Yeah, absolutely. It just looks so easy, you know. Watching the Belfast, you know, from a Panthers' point of view, they found it tough this year, and you could see, you know, that you know, it, it was it was like they were skating through glue at times. They they really struggled. That you know, the players will admit that. But you watch Belfast. And and that everything they did seemed so simple. Um, they they just you know that they become a power. You know, and Dave Sims said on the phone to me this morning. We chatted this morning. You know, it, it's now up for one of us to stop them. It's up for a, another team to to come out and stop them. You know, again relating it back to Nottingham, there was a hint that there was going to be a crazy dynasty for Nottingham. They won the Challenge Cup playoffs two years in a row. Then they won the three major titles. And at that point, you know, I felt, could Nottingham become a bit of a dynasty for a few years? There's a million reasons we could talk about forever why they didn't build on it and that, that it didn't happen. And ultimately, in the end, it went the wrong way for the Panthers. But yeah, but Belfast are the organisation to beat. They're superb off the ice in, in the way that they run. They're superb on the ice. And they set the examples that others follow. You know, Sheffield come close this year. Cardiff, you know, Guildford, an exceptional season. You know, you cannot underestimate how well they have had their season. And again, you could talk about them and how well they've done them for many reasons. But but when it boils down to it, Belfast are number one on and off the ice. And, and, and as I say, as Simsy said, someone's got to step up to that bar. I mean, Sunday's game against Cardiff for, for Belfast, it was tight for a long time as well. Let's not forget that. Both goalies were pulling off terrific saves. And then the, the two goals within a minute late in the, the third period, I think, kind of done it for Cardiff in the end as well. And it was always going to be hard for them to recover from that so late on, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, it was those two goals in, in under a minute. 
and it was it was game on and and it and it wasn't just necessarily they weren't scrappy goals. I mean, the, the defenseman who jumped into the play, I think he jumped off the bench to score. I think it was the third goal. It was just a fantastic piece of play. It was it Cooper that set him up. Can't remember, um, but it was it, it just it summed up that that passage of play of how they were on the the same page, and uh, and Cardiff just just couldn't cope with that. It went bang bang. And it was game over. Uh, of course, Cardiff, of course, led. To be fair, that goal from Mark Richardson was superb. Ooh. The way he drove the neck to, to pick up that pass. But but yeah, I mean, Cardiff probably at, at times in in that game were, were on top. Um, but but Belfast just you know, and I think Belfast probably never had any doubt. One nil down, one one going into that third period. I, I think they just would never have had any doubt. They. They just beat everything in front of them. And, and, you know, and you talk to the pan. You know, I did a really fun uh, night with Matthew Myers for his testimonial where we had quite a few players that played part, you know, part in that dynasty. And, and they talked about the fact that they just knew they were going to win games. And, you know, some people might call it arrogance, but it was just confidence. And, and that's what the Belfast Giants have had this season. I've been wondering about this, and I'm in no way starting any speculation here, uh, Belfast fans, for those listening. Adam Keith, he's done it all. So what does he do now? Does it again? I mean, that's a, that's actually a good question, Craig. Um, you know, can... can do, 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 the question is, is, does he have the desire to do it again? Now, knowing Adam Keith like I know him, 100%, yes, he will have that desire. You know, if you, you want to do it once, you want to do it again. Do I think Adam Keith could go on to to bigger things? Of course he could. Uh, whether he wants to or not, I, I would expect so, but I I don't know. I've never had that conversation with him. Um, but to me, Adam Keith will one day be coaching at a, a higher level than the elite league. That's not putting the elite league down, but you know the, there's many higher leagues in the in the world that I think Adam Keith could could be part of. And will that time come at some point? I expect so. Um, but you know. Right now, it feels like Adam Keith is settled in Belfast. That's where his life is, and uh, yeah, he's creating something fun with, like I said, with a fantastic organization. I mean, he's back for next season. Um, I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure I read that. And and yeah, his his passion will be to you know not only do it again, but do it again even better. You know, if I know Kiefer, he'll want to do it again even better. So congratulations to Belfast, a grand slam victory for them to, to end the season. For Cardiff, though, Neil Francis was on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about a season of, of underachievement. And, you know, getting to the final of the weekend, there was certainly something to enjoy, but they've came up short and it's going to be quite a, a, a disappointing one for them to reflect on Cardiff when they get themselves together and start looking at next season. Yeah, but but we say that, but, you you know, you, you can have that conversation probably about every other team in the league other than Guildford, I suppose. And even if you speak to Guildford, and I spoke to Paul Dixon a few weeks ago, and, and he just left to rue chances that he think his side's missed, you know, his side missed to, to, to go on and claim some some silverware. Um, I mean, yeah, Cardiff didn't have an amazing season. They finished fourth. They were only nine points behind, you know, an absolutely exemplary and top-class Belfast side. So, I mean, ironically, you know, you've probably got a season where only Belfast and Guildford fans will really be content with what they've had in front of them. Maybe Coventry fans will think, you know, we probably gave it the best go. We've given it for a long time and they only finished 12 points behind 
Belfast Giants. But I suppose when when Cardiff have been regularly winning trophies, to end up short, to end up sort of nine points behind in the league standings and and lose out in a final, you know, they're going for three wins in a row. So it's really interesting, isn't it? Because and maybe I look at it differently as a Panther as well, because you know us here in Nottingham look on endlessly at, at, at literally all of those teams above, you know, who the Panthers finished nearly thirty points behind. Um, so putting it in that perspective, you know, Cardiff haven't had a bad season, but you look at that fan base and they're used to success. I can understand why they think that that they've underachieved. They they threatened at one point, you know. They look to have got a roll on and I thought they might be in contention for the title. But as again, it, it comes down to the fact that the Belfast Giants are just such a good side. But but Cardiff have got some some great little players. You know, it, it was really great to see, you know, a, a player like um, Joey Martin back in the back in the uh, in the Elite League for another season. Um, perhaps wasn't quite as good as he was first time around, but certainly exceptional player. Brody Reed is another player I love. Um, Trevor Cox, obviously that the British players, you, you, you'd expect me to say, you know, Mark Richardson still doing it in, in, in his late thirties, Sam Duggan, still a great young prospect and, 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 you know, they've, they've got a great British core. So, so Cardiff will be disappointed, but, you know, at least they, you know, for them, they can look at, say they were there and thereabouts and they've got, you know, they've got something to build from. I just wonder if that semi-final on Saturday, coming from two behind to beat the Sheffield Steelers in overtime, I just wonder if that crept up on them coming into the third period in the final on Sunday where they maybe run out of gas a little bit and the Belfast, we've already talked about, hitting them with the, the double whammy of goals as late as they did. It's a really good question, actually, but yeah, I think it just boils down to the, the Belfast are too good. They're just, they're just, they were not losing anything from any situation this season. I mean, their form since January has been absolutely exemplary, hasn't it? A couple of defeats at the most, maybe three at the very most. Yeah. You know, I just think Cardiff, when it went, when it boiled down to it, they they just didn't have the, you know, they probably didn't have the depth. Uh, and as you and you, you do make a good point as well of the emotion of the Saturday night. Did that take anything out of them? You know, it's certainly you know. Let's be honest, Belfast probably. I wouldn't say but Belfast certainly didn't have an easy ride against Nottingham, but obviously they got those three early goals and that effectively was what won them the tie. You know, that they, they didn't have that emotion of a, of a comeback or anything like that. Um, but I think, you know, most of my answers about playoff weekend are going to come down to really the, the strengths of, of Belfast and what they did really than anyone other's weaknesses. Let's take it somewhere else now. Sheffield Steelers ended their season with defeat in that semi-final to Cardiff, but finished with a 7-4 win against Nottingham Panthers in the, the third place playoff game, the, the least popular game on the calendar. Of course, it the marked hangover the final cup. The hangover cup. The hangover the cup. <laughs> of course, it marked the final appearances in Orange for Jonathan Phillips and, and Brendan Connolly. And I felt I felt kind of sorry for those guys, given the careers they've had, especially Jono in particular, that they go out in that game. It feels a little, I mean, I know it's sport and it happens, but it just it just kind of felt wrong. It did. I, I know what you're saying, and I 100% agree with that, but I wonder how Jono would have felt to have gone out as a, as, as a loser in a final. I don't know. I can't work out what's worse because, you know, he, he probably had chance to process the defeat the night before. So it it doesn't feel a fitting way to end a career because the only fitting way would be for Jonathan Phillips to lift the trophy, uh, you know, alongside Brendan Connolly. Obviously, Connolly's been a huge uh, character in the Elite League for many years. Obviously, nowhere near as Jonathan Phillips. So while I understand what you're saying, Craig, 
I just wonder that, like, you know, when you look at it, at least John O'Felix got to get the adulation. And I remember it for David Clark, because David Clark retired the same way with the Nottingham Panthers. And, and he got similar adulation. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it didn't feel right. But I, I you see what I'm saying in that it became a bit about Jonathan Phillips and he's probably a bit too modest and didn't want it to be, but he deserved that adulation. And I just feel that like he probably had more chance to soak it up, enjoy it and take in the praise rather than like the praise may have come in, in a final when it would have got lost in all the celebrations of the winning side. So yeah, I, I remember thinking a lot of people saying to me, not going to be the way to end his career. And it probably wasn't the way he envisaged but I think as a fan base, certainly the Steelers and the other fan bases, they, they just were given, it was a sometime, you know, we saw his goal. He was always going to score. Um, it was just a nice way to to sort of say, Jono, you have been an absolute legend in this game, whether you support Nottingham, Sheffield, Glasgow, Fife or whoever. Uh, and he was given a bit of love, which maybe wouldn't have happened in a, you know, in, in a, in a grand final. You mentioned about the fact he scored. He was nearly denied one. Uh, the young goalie at Panthers, Matthew Bloor, um, he denied him with a penalty shot not long before. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> What a moment like, for young Matthew. If you've not read the script, you've got to let it in. But, but no, I mean, look, Matty Bloor's playing in his first, making his first ever start for the for the Panthers. And and he's got to impress, hasn't he? And I actually thought, I know it's it's a third, fourth place game, but he actually impressed me with some of the saves he makes. So he, he's sitting there thinking, hang on a minute, I'm facing the one of the biggest legends of the British game. Uh, I want to save a penalty shot from him. And he did. And I actually <laughs> thought that was, was fantastic because, you know, while the game isn't that serious, I think when you start to let penalty shots in, you know, I don't, I don't think Jonathan Phillips probably wanted him to let it in either. You know, he was going to get his goal at some point. Um, just like David Clark did it a few years earlier. But um, but yeah, I remember thinking, joking about the fact that when that penalty shot came and he saved it, we were joking in my box. He's like, oh, he's in trouble now. But no, he came back and Jono got the goal assisted by Connolly, of course. And Jono would have been the first to, to have said to the young lad, well done for saving it in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, you know, it's just a great juxtaposition there, wasn't it? A, a young lad right at the start of his career, just, you know, he had very little ice time for Nottingham this season. Did come in and win a game for the Panthers against Manchester Storm in the in the Challenge Cup. In fact, a vital game that Panthers needs to win when they lost Alex Debeau with a finger injury after 10 minutes. And he came on and, and led Panthers to a huge victory. Great day, actually. I mean, I know we're meant to be talking about Jono here, but if people don't know that story, Matty Bloor played that game for the Panthers and then got got changed and went to play for the Nottingham Lions in the rink next door uh, that very same day, just a few minutes later. But no, so a great sort of juxtaposition of a guy at the start of his career and a guy at the end of his career. But to me, it was just great that, that you know, we were able to give Jono a send-off he deserved. And now, you know, those that will be at GB will get to do it again with GB in a week or so's time. Well, we have kind of drifted onto your team, Nottingham Panthers. And I don't think there was many surprises in how the, the Panthers fared over the weekend. Um, but the big story, Corey Nielsen is leaving the club again. He won't be returning next season. Firstly, you know Corey well. Was it good to have him around again? Oh, it, it was absolutely fabulous. I mean, I've known Corey since, what, 2006, when he first came to the country as a defenceman. And uh, obviously I've had various hats, you know, in my time of, of covering the sport. Um, but but obviously this is the first season that I've actually been working for the Nottingham Panthers. So, Although it's not been the, the the season that any of us thought it would be, you know, I genuinely mean this. It's been 
great to see the guy every day, even though he tells me every day he hates doing interviews with me, um, which is fine. You know, I, you know, he, he's, he's, but that's him. He, he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't, you know, interviews, you know, it, it's funny because he admits he doesn't enjoy doing them, but he's exceptional at them. It's, it's one of those funny situations, you know, and I, and, and myself and my media colleague, John O'Bollard Bullard have talked a lot this season about how you, you listen to him talk and it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, and, and it's great. I mean, the amount of times I've just gone into his office after training, sat down and, and, and he's shown me stuff. And as you know, I always say that I think unless you've played the game or unless you've coached the game, it's really a hard game to understand. And there's many, you know, aspects of the game that I still don't understand, even though I've been watching it for 20 years. So, you know, Corey would just sit me down I, and and we put a piece out online where we were sitting with Jordan Kelsor, just, just teaching him things he'd done right and things he'd done wrong in the game and fascinating to, you know, to get him to allow us to do that. Um, so, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to, uh, to to work with him closely again. I'm just sad that it's it's only been for a few months and it won't be continuing. I did wonder, coming into the weekend, if his previous magic in short-format competitions, especially in the playoffs, would rub off on this Panthers team. Did you at any point allow yourself to to dream that far ahead? Well, well I mean, I, I, yes. I mean, I thought that in the Challenge Cup when when he came back and, and obviously we were leading against Belfast and it didn't quite work out. And then, yeah, going into playoffs, it was, you know, the, 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 the players as well. I mean, you know, I, I think... There was times in the season that the playoff, the players doubted themselves. You know, I'm I'm not speaking on behalf of them. I'm just assessing what I see from the players. You know, I think they they really struggled at times in the season where even genuinely good players just so struggled with their form that they were doubting their abilities. But they they came good in that back to back games with the Guildford Flames, and you know when we beat Guildford, suddenly I was like. Hang on a minute. There's a chance here if anyone can, Corey can. But you know, I, I don't also want to say disrespectful for the team because you know the the team were. You know, I said this to a couple of people. Panthers were waiting for that game for months because they'd been so out of the uh, title race that they were waiting for that for the months. So a combination of a team that had been waiting for a game for months has been hurting. I mean, look, the fans have been devastated about the season in Nottingham, and rightly so. But Believe me, the, the players have hurt as well, big, big time, hugely. So they were waiting for that game to put things right. And you could see that in the first 10, 15 minutes, the way they came out against Guildford, won that game 4-1. Obviously had a bit of a hiccup in the second leg, but found a way to get it won. You could feel that momentum building. If they played not Belfast, if they played somebody else, they might have made their way to the final. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I led myself to believe and it would have been a fairy tale ending. But again, come back to the answer, played the best team in the league. And realistically, they, they you know, they weren't going to stand a chance. So, Chris, you're about to swap your Panthers hat for your GB one. Uh, we're going to go international ourselves in the, the coming weeks. I know it's a massively busy time for you. You've done this a long time. How much of a buzz do you still get being around the guys, getting involved in the tournaments and working in that environment at this time of year? It's absolutely exciting. I mean, just just sort of preceding that, I'm absolutely gutted that I'm not in Korea with with GB women who who as we speak won their first game against Kazakhstan by a, by a goal to nil. Um, probably by the time this play goes out, they'll they'll play their second game. Um, so yeah, gutted I can't be out of Korea, but um, obviously so much going on. It, it's really exciting. I mean, it, it. I mean, you probably read and you do interviews when people talk about the bomb that is in the GB dressing room and and it is 
it is so true it's so difficult to try to kind of find the right words but i think as we talked before on various podcasts you know led by andy buxton and pete russell and and down through all the players just the, the spirit and the way people conduct themselves it's it's like a, a dressing room i've never known anything like it ever before domestically it, it, it's 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 unreal um and to be entrusted to be part of that albeit from afar as as part of the the media team although andy buxton includes people in such a special way but you still are you know you still are you know not you know with the media team we have there to do our job we don't get involved in the in the inside the dressing room obviously but there'll be times when you you'll sit there with taff or or, or with someone else from the from the off-ice team and, and sit there as the boys are arriving. You know, we'll do some filming. We'll be allowed in the dressing room for, for let's say, the cap presentations. And, and they're very special moments that we get to be part of. And then, of course, the real business starts and we clear off and, and do our own thing. But just to have that little snapshot into that dressing room and, and be entrusted to be in that dressing room is, is very special. And, and, yeah, so anytime we, we get together to see the media team, to see the boys that – that you know you you watch your year in the elite league and everyone comes together and and their willingness to go through the wall to to do stuff i mean it's been typified by where they've gone how they got promotion to the top flight this year it's so exciting to be hosting such a prestigious tournament on home ice um it's it's great i mean i'm going to wear a few hats because we've you know we've got our gb media uh to do as we normally do but obviously we are hosting the world's media there's i think there's 37 to 40 photographers broadcasters and 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 journalists coming to nottingham for the tournament so it's going to be a lot of work but it's going to be really really exciting and that's all from the slightly later monday review on elite and a massive thanks to chris ellis for joining us for this edition Catch our previous episodes through your podcast provider, including Spotify, Amazon and Apple, and subscribe to get the latest ones as and when they land. We're also on social media too, so follow us on Twitter at underscore EliteIH and like Elite Podcast on Facebook. Thank you for listening and we'll announce further guests soon. Don't forget we're going international too as we get the insight from Pete Russell's men's Great Britain's team ahead of their World Championship campaign, so don't miss those. But in the meantime, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you soon. Elite Hockey, Elite Listening. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.